I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. I have a question for everybody here sitting here and yeah. also our listeners. Yeah. Um, more so for our male, male listeners. If you are, if you go, if you walk into a, a, a public washroom. I think you should save this for a lot, the live show coming up in a couple of days, but sure, go ahead. Think if you walk into, I mean, well, I can do, I can do both. All right. Um, if you walk into a washroom and there is nobody in there and there's three urinals, yeah. Which urinal are you going to go to? <clears throat> Brian, what one would you go to? There's no one in there. <clears throat> Either end. Okay. Yeah. Right? That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Katie, what would you assume most people would do? Well, I was thinking I'd go left. Okay. I don't know. Okay. Maybe because sure. I'm left-handed. Sure. Okay. <laughs> I would go to either end, either the one on the left or the one on the right. I went into the bathroom... Shortly after Jeremy went into the bathroom, and Jeremy like five minutes ago, and Jeremy Jeremy was mid was midstream, and he was uh, he was in the middle urinal. You're goddamn right, I was. You were you were right. Does that make you feel a little uncomfortable? Shouldn't not. Yeah, not really. I like to be in the middle of things. Is it? <laughs> it, it but but I mean, not not going. Oh, it's uncomfortable to to be to stand next to somebody when you use the bathroom because you know who gives a fuck about that. But when you've got the when the world is your oyster. Yeah, why not pick the middle? The middle is the one that gets the least amount of love. I want to give that urinal as much love as I can give. See, <laughs> I want to fill that urinal with my love. So the, the, Which, the other thing that accepts love by taking urine. The other thing, though, <laughs> is that's what I had to do. Taylor, if I, was in, if I was in the middle of a conversation with you and the two of us walked into the bathroom together, yeah. um, I would probably stand at the urinal next to you and continue the conversation with you rather than like leaving an empty space between us. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, so I agree I. with that. That's a, I mean, well, so would I. Yeah, and I'd put my arm around you and be like, this is nice. <laughs> Hold on. Okay. Well, oh, whoa. Oh, okay. Well, if, if we went onto a plane. <sighs> And there's a row of three oh, seats, fuck. and there's no one. There's it's only you and me in the three seats. We're definitely not going to sit. We're definitely going to leave the middle seat open. Definitely. You know why though? Because when you're on a plane, you like to spread your legs out. You like to have the space. When you're when I you're like sharing, to spread my legs when I'm peeing. Yeah, but when you're sharing a pee with a with with your best friend, if I've got the space, it's also nice to like feel close and warm and. The other thing is that when you're when you're sitting on a plane, you're not you're not usually engaged in conversation the entire time. Like I know that you personally like really like to watch movies on the plane, <clears throat> nonstop. I oftentimes, do as well. Or maybe I'll listen to a podcast, or maybe I'll just sleep. So it's nice to have that extra bit of space. Mm. But when we're like in the middle of a conversation and we're just going into a bathroom to use the urinals, like 
I, I just want to feel close to you still. Yeah, well, thank you. all right. Well, thank listeners, uh, let us know. Yeah, thanks. You know what? <clears throat> I'm glad that uh, we put this at the top of this episode because this has nothing to do with what we're going to be talking about today. <laughs> uh, but, but it's important nonetheless. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Well, actually, psych, it's, we're here to talk about urinal pho- <laughs> yeah, urinophobia. Katie has a huge fear of using public, of public urinals. Yeah. Uh, but Katie, what, you, you, this will be a, a unique episode, not in the urinal uh, fears, but a unique in the sense that you're not actually sick. I am not. Well, I, I mean, that was an assumption. I'm sorry. Uh, you could. Good. You assumed right. Yeah. Uh, and uh, but someone in your life is is sick or dealing with illness. Mm-hmm. Uh, so who is it, and what are they? What are they dealing with? Yeah. Um, so it's my daughter. Mm-hmm. She is four years old. Oh. And she has um, a disease called pontocerebellar hypoplasia type two D. If you can, that sounds so made up. <laughs> Ponto cerebrasia, oh, cerebellar hypoplasia type two D. Yeah, close. Say it again. Ponto cerebellar hypoplasia type two D. Cerebellar hypoplasia type two D. Yeah, so we call it PCH. Oh, that's easier, right? Yeah. We yeah. can do that. Yeah, PCH. Beautiful highway. Better. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where that is. Pacific Coast Highway. Pacific, oh. Coast, Pacific, Pacific Coast, Coast Highway. I have driven that. There yeah, we go. There you go. <laughs> You've been on it. You know how beautiful it is. It is beautiful. What is yeah. PCH? What what does yeah. that mean? So, um, when you think of cerebellar, think of your cerebellum, mm-hmm. part of your brain. So, basically, in a nutshell, the cerebellum is underdeveloped, and it's a progressive disease. So, it's slowly atrophying and getting worse. What does the cerebellum do? So, the cerebellum is the part of your brain that's basically responsible for every milestone that you would do. So in regards to walking, talking, moving. Oh, like human like it's com- milestones. It's basically communion. Not, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, not yeah. like making 50K for the first yeah. time. Yeah, well, <laughs> I guess it would probably help. I mean, it would yeah. lead into that, I guess. Sure. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, 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 probably. Right. <clears throat> yeah. So it's just the communication piece <clears throat> to the rest of your body. So, so motor you- skills <laughs> and... Um, so yeah. that part of your brain is going to tell your hand to move. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah. Is that the predominant thing, motor, motor mm. skills? Or? Yeah. So if I was to describe her, I would say, like, just as, like, physically what you would expect is a f- giant baby. Mm-hmm. So a four-year-old newborn. In terms oh, of, right. In terms of in the terms way of that, like, like, walking. Yeah. And- so she can't walk. She can't talk. She can't hold her head up. Like, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Yeah. But obviously it was, like, quite a journey to figure that out. Yeah. yeah. That's, okay, so <laughs> I was going to ask that. Like, yeah, it did not come from birth. I mean, right. well, well did, so, but, but um, I I haven't had a baby before, but I yeah. imagine that you never um, will. Like, there's a lot of, well... I mean, it, you personally. Right. Like, But I imagine that sure. there's a lot of, like, um, a lot of, like, checkups during the pregnancy to make yeah. sure that everything is, is developing as normal. Is that something that yeah. they would be able to tell I think sometimes... Okay. Sometimes you might see something on, you know, a brain scan, like from the ultrasound. Um, for her, it was not noticed through the pregnancy. When I look back, I'm like, if I had had another child, I probably would have caught some things because mm-hmm. 
she didn't really move in the womb, but I kind of like, she did, she moved, but it just wasn't like the crazy kicks that, you know, people right, right. talk about. Yeah. But I, you know, I'd stare at my stomach and see lumps sticking out or whatever. Oh, God. Um, yeah, it's, it's weird. Man, it makes Super me, weird. It really makes me queasy. And like, it's weird. Body invaders. It's totally yeah. weird. It's so crazy. It's, yeah. it's, like it's like the movie Alien. It is. I mean, it's it, the chest buster. It is. Very in your similar. Belly. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Except so, yeah, the bus so, that, yeah, or, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I remember like my ultrasounds, she wouldn't be moving. And I remember the tech, I had three ultrasounds in my pregnancy and every time she wasn't moving a lot and they would get me to like have a sugary drink or have a candy and be like, we're just going to try and get her, her moving. Oh, interesting. So, because and then, the like, sugar would make yeah, her go like, oh, well, apparently well, let's get up and move around. Babies, yeah, well, okay. Or like stand over <laughs> and like, do weird positions to try and get her to move. Like, hmm. oh, just lay on my side, lay on my other side, stand so up. They, so they right. weren't just like, oh, well, she's having a nap. <laughs> yeah. No, they did. They totally said that. Oh, I think okay. she's just sleeping they every single time. They can have naps in your belly? Well, well I think sleep, they're like, just constantly doing that. That's what I thought. It was just the they're time. just... Like it's like having a puppy, I guess. I mean, <laughs> they're just like, fuck, I'm just asleep. Yes. <laughs> Honestly, I've never even thought about that. Like, you're... You're inside a you're inside a, a belly. You're like covered. You're in the, all that like warm fluid. It's like pitch it, black. It's pitch black, right? But like, is it like, is it like sleep cycle? It's like in nighttime, it generally sort sort of rests, and then daytime, it's like. Man, I mean, because it doesn't a, have the sun. Think about a dog. That man, they have like spurts of being awake, and then they're like, "Oh, it's yeah. the middle of the day. I'm going to sleep for three hours." Well, think know? about a baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's I know, what I know, but like, yeah. even, but but what I'm saying is like when you're outside of a womb. You the like light affects the way that you you but for babies not as much like babies nap a lot during right. the day right yeah yeah, yeah right. But, they just need to but the craziest thing sleep. is think oh, about the so fact crazy. that all of us have been inside another human that's weird I uh, know and we right? all we my all, mind we all bust, is melting we all busted out we all busted out <laughs> busted yeah. out I didn't do adore it no well adore kind of me a little yeah. bit more so like my my mom had a C-section so yeah. like I just you're a belly buster door opened up I was like I'm oh, a vaginal shit. buster <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm think. I think I am. Yeah, my mom never. Yeah, my, my mom never had a C-section. I don't think. Yeah. I'm, yeah. yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> oh wow. I'm enjoying. Kate, holy shit! Wow. We got. <laughs> where were we? Oh, I'm right. vaginal. Uh, I'm P vaginal. P you vaginal? P I'm vaginal buster. Yeah. My, my, PCH. All right. PCH. My uh, <clears throat> my boss actually he works with the three of us doing some <clears throat> consulting work and and when this stuff happens in our meetings he calls <laughs> them commercial breaks. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, yeah. okay, we're back. Great. Yeah. So uh, now that we're back, Katie. Yeah. Um, so they thought the baby was just napping. Yeah. Napping away yeah and then and then you you have the baby yeah um what's her name layla layla so layla comes Eric out uh, okay nice. i was like is yeah. it because yeah. uh um oasis also has a song but it's called lila yeah and different peter, name. Cop peter cotton does layla and i always forget which one's which yeah. just so everybody knows out there <laughs> so when layla came out um Eric. was it also like the same thing where it was just it's just like a normal. It, everything yeah. seems normal. Everything. Yeah. It's just a yeah. baby because babies don't really yeah. move too much. Knew, know yeah. how to move or. Yeah, yeah. The the <clears throat> I actually I had a, a midwife. I was in Victoria, and um, she said, "Oh, she seemed like she." I remember looking at her eyes, and she was looking at me, and something was wrong and I'm like what's up this is like right after yeah. she came out because she didn't cry she was born and she didn't cry and I was like is she breathing and she's like, oh right. yeah she's breathing I'm like okay and then yeah she just gave me that look right and I had this look and I'm like what's up she's like oh nothing I'm like no what's up yeah she's like I don't know she just seems a little bit like floppy and I'm like 
what, okay, like, what does that mean? Anyway, she's like, I think I'm going to get a pediatrician to come in and take a peek. I'm like, okay. And then, and then it was fine. And, and they, did that make, like, majorly freak you out? Oh, yes. I mean, I'm assuming yeah. it did. I think my heart already kind of was, like, stopped when when she didn't cry because I'm mm. like, she's supposed to cry. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's what like happens the normal thing. when she comes yeah. out, yeah. right? But they they eased my mind a bit. Like, the pediatrician, same thing, came in. It was super late at night. It was, like, midnight. She had her purse on to go home. She was ready to leave. She looked at her, and she's like, yeah, she seems a bit floppy, but I'm sure she'll be fine. Floppy. I love yeah. that that's yeah. the word that yeah. they're using. So yeah, yeah. That's they a said floppy the word floppy. The pediatrician, yeah. took yeah. a look, sorry, the pediatrician took a look and was yeah. like, yeah, it's all, yeah, I think it's fine. okay. Just a floppy baby. Yeah, and we, you know, we're... I'd like to say we're kind of adventurous. At the time, I uh, worked for an airline, so we were we traveled a lot and stuff. We ended up actually moving to Ontario to Windsor six days after she was born. Whoa! Yeah, that's so. <laughs> that was a great idea. That is adventurous. <laughs> that's pretty wild. <laughs> now my husband did a program at the college out there, and he's from Southern Ontario. So we were like, "Yeah, let's go there for my mat leaf. Let's move there." So. He was actually technically late for class because she was born end of August. So we moved first week of September. He missed two days. And yeah, we hopped on a plane at six days old. So I think that was a big part where if we had stayed with the same person, all this stuff, we would have caught stuff a lot sooner. But other than that, we just went home and thought, we have a healthy baby. She's fine. We're fine. Whoa. Yeah. Because it's not like the motor skills of a baby are are very good anyway. It takes a while. You're not expecting much. My sister just had her second baby. And I remember remember when she had her first, Hudson, she, I was there the day he was born, which is like, you know, obviously you're not even thinking about the way the baby moves. Like you're just holding this little burrito. Potato. Yeah. A little potato wrapped up in a blanket. And then like a couple weeks later, she's like, we're going on our first outing if you want to come out. I was like, yeah, this is going to be great. And we we put Hudson in the little, I don't know, like the walker or whatever it is, the stroller. And uh, we're, 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 yeah, yeah, I know. Fuck, <laughs> yeah, how much walker. of a dad am I not? Uh, so we're walking in a, and we stop. We're like on the boardwalk in Halifax. And, and I kind of come around and, and it's eyes, it, it's Hudson's <laughs> eyes are like kind of open. And, and I'm like, hey, buddy. And I'm like right up in his face. And I'm like, you know, putting my hands there. And I'm trying to get him to like move and like and touch my hands. And I'm like, man. Like he's not respond, and B- Natasha's like he he literally can't even see you. Like he he doesn't he's not taking any of this in. And I was I had this moment where I went, oh, this is so boring. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm just when's this baby get I'm just cool? Out, I'm yeah. just I'm just out for a walk yeah. with you. Yeah, I'm just out like, for a walk yeah. with this thing that just lays there and doesn't even look at me. Mm-hmm. And then of course you know there gets a time where I'm like, oh my god, he sees me. He's seeing me now. You know, you, but <laughs> something about like generally around like one. That's when they start to become fun. That's right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. One, two. They're and cute. I, I just thought that thought of, was so funny of me being like offended that my <laughs> sister's kid was just boring the fuck out of me. Yeah, and you're like, oh. I was like, God, I'm a horrible human. So my, then, when what? Sorry, what were you gonna say to? I was just gonna. I, I I was just gonna say that I I I was wondering from the perspective of because I've always uh, I've I've always. My the closest thing that I know personally to to having a child is having a a dog and very the, close and, and 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 in the in the in be in that in going oh I think the first like two months or three months of having a dog is probably pretty similar to having a baby and then and then that's where the two things start to diverge pretty heavily um, <laughs> yeah and going 
because of like, and and I'm relating that to the like, you know, you got to fucking wake up yeah. all the fucking time. You don't sleep for for whatever, and then the dog's like, hey, I'm cool now, and I'll sleep through the night, and I can basically tell you when I need to shit and piss, and and, and so we're good. And this is this is our relationship from now on. But I remember going. I have a French bulldog, and he was a, and he makes a lot of sound when he breathes. I have and, an English like, bulldog, so like you oh, know, yeah, you, you know, I know, it. I know the breathing. And I remember, <laughs> and I remember just being like everything. That, you know, classic first dog, um, every time something was not exactly the way I expected it to be, I was like, fuck, what's wrong? Like, let's yeah. go to the vet and spend money to, to just let the, tell the vet to tell me that everything's okay. And it was like, because he makes noise when he breathes, every time that I would not hear him, I would go, oh my God. He's dead. Oh my God, is he okay? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, is that, is, that, is that kind of the same with a baby? You're like, when you don't like hear them doing baby things, you're like... Uh-oh. Oh, no. <laughs> What's yeah. happening? Yeah. Is that, is that kind of the I, same? I think it's true. I think that's pretty common. Um, <clears throat> I, I do worry a lot, but I also I try and be a pretty relaxed person. And so I was constantly telling myself, yeah, there's uh, stuff, but like everything's going to be fine. Because you see, I see the hyperactive moms that are just like freaking at yeah. everything yeah. Every and I'm like thing. no you're like I don't want to be I'm that I'm not gonna and I kind of yeah. I, I tried to stay that way and I was I think I was that way when did it start yeah. to when did it start to sort of show itself you know it's like you go from this having a baby that's a little floppy and a little yeah. less sort of I guess I guess in tune with movement but again that there is that period where it's like well that's that's what all newborns are like yeah when did you start to go what the fuck? Yeah. Something's up. Um, actually, I kind of know exactly when because so my brother got married in Mexico around when she was six months old. So I had moved to Windsor. My family's out on the West Coast here and um, I was going to meet them down there. And my stepmom sent me a message that I bought all this swim stuff for Layla to do in the pool in Mexico. I got her all these toys and there was one of those ones that the legs... Have the leg holes, pop the baby in, there's a sunshade, and they just chill in the water. Yeah. You know, yeah. like live in the dream. That's pretty radical. Right? Like what we all yeah. want to do. Yeah. And <laughs> um, and so I looked at the picture of the thing she ordered, and I went, oh, I need her neck to be, like I need her to be able to hold up her neck so she can go in that contraption. Yeah. But she couldn't hold up her neck. <clears throat> and she was like four or five months old, and I was so I'm on YouTube googling like how to help babies hold their neck up. So I'm trying to do all these exercises with her like pulling her arms and the head will come with but her head wouldn't come with and it would just flop forward the other way. And wow. I like could not like Lola do more tummy time, do this, right? And like but yet telling myself kids develop at their own pace like you're trying to remind yourself that but in my head was I'm there like, was there any sort of rate that you were that that's like well at the average rate age Yeah. What is the yeah? What's I like? What's the time where you're supposed to expect them to be able to <clears throat> hold their head up? And see, I'm kind of out of touch now that she's a bit older. But I feel like it would be pretty rare to not hold your neck up at six months. Right. right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That, that by tummy time, I you have mean, no idea. Like, but that's on their belly right. and like force them to pick. Yeah, because basically, if they're laying on their stomach and you put your arms up here, they're going to naturally try and like push up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and like in the like sphinx pose, sphinx yeah. or cobra. <laughs> totally yeah, yoga. Exactly. Like, yeah. 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 So, Baby yoga. Yeah, so she couldn't do that. And um, I went to, it took us a bit to get a doctor set up in Ontario, changing how healthcare systems and all that. But when we finally went, I did mention it to them at the four-month shots. And um, he said, 
yeah, I think I'm going to put a referral through to a pediatrician, but didn't say anything else. And then in that time was when I went on the trip and I was due to go back, see this pediatrician right when we got back. So I went to Mexico and she, and she cried day and night, this girl, she never slept. She just cried all the time. And I assumed babies cry. This is what happens. This is what people have. But I think I didn't realize that there should be a bit more reprieve than we got. Mm -hmm. But my husband and I just like took turns, took turns and he'd come home from school and I would just be like a wreck taker. I'm done. I need to go get fresh What was the crying from? I mean, so I now we know it was like because her brain's underdeveloped, she has like neuro irritability. So apparently that's quite common with brain diseases where like they just and they told us eventually they told us. Yeah. That because their brains are developed, there's just myth, like signals that are like crossing and just making them like heightened sensitivity. So if they're cold, it's like the <coughs> only thing like, yeah, yeah, kind of thing. Right. right. And, and it's probably like they can't communicate to to tell you what they want so the only reaction is like make sound yeah. or try to like which figure is similar out how to, like, to alert somebody that you need what babies would do yeah it's like but a, I think a gassy it was just baby like just like right yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so again I went colic she's a colic baby like that just must be it of course you know it's a colic baby um, colic I think is just unexplained like basically cranky baby when okay. like a doctor can't actually figure it out but they're just like they cry a lot mm-hmm. people just like throw that mm-hmm. title oh my baby that baby was colicky they cried all the time mm-hmm. what yeah. if those people end up being like later in life, if there's like a study on like colic babies versus non, I, babies doctors try and make you feel good, and they're like, if they cry a lot, oh, they're going to be a really good like kid. Oh, fuck off, oh, really? Yes, they I, do. But they're just blowing I, smoke you, up your oh, ass, right? Of course, yeah, it's for just sure. To, like help you survive. <laughs> yeah, like, right. Jared's a bit of a colic baby <laughs> the other night when his rice didn't come with his Thai food. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> I was a colic baby. <laughs> well, you can't really have like curry without rice. Uh, that's <laughs> what I'm fucking. Which, which, which? In your defense, I don't understand why any curry comes without rice. It's crazy. But it's it's very common for curries to not have rice come with it unless you order it yeah, on top I of it. Yeah, I have experienced this. And well, and here's the thing. We did through fucking Uber Eats, and when you're doing Uber Eats, you don't have someone on the phone who goes, and would you like rice with that? Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that was very offensive. That was so racist. Well, not really. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of a little How bit. many times have you called, how many times have you called a Thai restaurant times, and not talk to somebody who has an accent? Chavatai all the time. Really? Uh, we're, I think we might have to cut that out. I, that was a little bit insensitive. Anyway, uh, usually someone's there on the line to say, Oh, and you want rice with that, obviously, because you go, oh, yeah, fuck, right, it doesn't come with the rice. But it was just fucking Uber Eats, and I was like, yeah, give me the curry, and then it showed up without rice, and I I basically became a colic baby. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty rough. <laughs> okay, so so the Mexico trip is yeah. uh, is the trip from hell. Yeah, um, it was. And you come back, do you, do you come back to see that physician? Is yeah, it- so, bas- so it was interesting, because my brother's wife is from the States, <laughs> bless you, um, <laughs> and so she had some family members coming up and friends too. And so there was a couple kids actually right around the same age as her. And I'm watching them all play lovely in the pool and having a great time. And the only way my daughter wasn't crying was basically if you were like standing and rocking her. Mm. So I would just stand there and rock her. And my husband didn't come cause he was in school. So I didn't have him to trade off with. Um, and I remember there was this lady that like just a friend of the family. I hadn't spent a lot of time with her and she came and I remember her coming over to me. And so she's not even related. It's not like my mom or something. It's just a, a friend. And she took her from me and she's like, 
go have a shower. Oh, wow. <laughs> and she stood there just by the ocean, just rocking her under this shade thing for like, gave me an hour. And I was like, Love. I felt like a new woman. Mm. I was like. She just see it off of you. Sent. Like you yeah. were just, yeah. Well, and because I think I'm, it takes a lot for me to show. Like I am a good, like I'm good at hiding my emotions. Yeah. And I'm good at just like, I can power through. I've been through stuff. I could do this. Like mm-hmm. um, I have a strong willpower. And so, yeah, sometimes I can hide those things well. But it was like, it was rough. Like I was up through the night. Like mm. I, rem- I went in and woke my brother up at like 4 a.m. one morning. And I was like, I'm going crazy and I need you to go for a walk with me. So we went for a hike at like four in the morning in Mexico just because she was pretty good when I was moving. She wanted to move all the time. So I had her in a Mm -hmm. carrier and we walked up this mountain in Mexico and watched the sunrise. Again, very adventurous. And it was beautiful. He hated me for it. But then when he saw the sunrise, he thanked me. But he's like, please (laughs) don't do that ever again the rest of the trip. The The contrast is amazing. It kind of reminds me of like one of the things my my mom had cancer and one of the things that she said that was really difficult was like actually accepting help from other people. Yeah. And it's crazy how um, as human beings, we like don't want to um, show like weakness or vulnerability yeah. um, because we don't want to feel like we're burdening other people by asking for their, their help, I think. Yeah. And, uh, but it's, it, it's incredible how like relieving that can be when people offer you that support, like yeah. just an hour of time for you to, to take a shower and relax. Like, it's so valuable to have that support. And my mom yeah. said once she was comfortable, like asking for help, which it's still, I think she still struggles with that from time to time. Yeah. Um, it's amazing how, how much of a relief it can be. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I, I, and then, so after leaving, I hopped on the plane, I'm on the plane by myself home with her and then I got sat, which tech. Oh, hold on. One, two, three, four. No, this was fine. We were on a plane. I got sat next to a lady who also had a baby. So there was two babies. And oh, my God. Holy fuck. Yeah. I think that's yeah. strategic. Do you think they strategically oh, do that so you don't yes. annoy so they just put the all the babies yeah. here in this section? They totally do. Fuck everyone else in that yeah. general area. It's usually back of the plane. <laughs> just saying. Right. Keep all the they, they have the change tables in the back bathrooms right. usually. Yeah. And I think because generally people near the front are paying more if you're in like plus. Yeah, that's right. yeah. So yeah. Make, that makes sense, yeah. right? Um, but yeah, this lady, and I said to her, she said, how old's, how old's your daughter? And I was like, oh, she's um, just about six months here. And she's like, oh, my daughter's six months. And I looked at her. Oh, yeah. And this baby was like sitting up grabbing at everything. Every time the cart went by, she was grabbing and she Reading was a book and shit. Yeah, Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah she was doing yeah. math. Yeah. I yeah. Like, Clipping her nails <laughs> in public. Yeah. I mean, like, oh clearly you're God. not supposed to do that in that, in that scenario. I, mean, I know that. Even I know that. Um, was that like and a... that was kind of another aha. Like, no, I'm not crazy. It's not like she's just not developing. I'm was like, it like the aha? Like, was it mm, the one that you went, oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was. Um it was yeah, it was just this aha in my head of like yeah. the But you weren't like off. you weren't outwardly expressing this to people? Mm, like this with was- my husband, like we had talked about it like more privately. Yeah. Were yeah. you were you more like self conscious though? Like was there any thought like, oh, am I not doing the right oh, things to like yes. to to train yeah. this baby? Yeah. I'm not thinking like rare genetic disease here. Right. Like that's not right. where my head is You're like, what am I, what could I be doing to help yeah. develop this baby faster? Yeah. Okay. And then, yeah. and then, and then what, yeah, so what so, happens when you get home? Oh my gosh. So we get with this pediatrician and he doesn't do any 
blood tests or anything like that. Well, he 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 sends us for blood work, but he looks at her, he plays with her arms, does the reflex little knobby thing on her knees mm-hmm. and limbs. Which I don't get. Which, but yeah, whatever. whatever. So he does it. and <laughs> But apparently, now that I know, like, she doesn't have reflexes. So she didn't. He hits her, like, and, if, and then he even did it to my knee to show me my leg going. Yeah. And I'm like, what does that mean? Like, anyways, and he said, have you heard of this? Have you heard of this disease, SMA? And I was like, SMA, like, no, I haven't heard of that. And uh, anyways, he said that, yeah, I'm pretty sure she has SMA. And I said, okay, like, what, what are you, like, basing that off? And he's like, well, everything she's presenting with, it's, and I said, like, how sure are you of this? And he's, he, he was like, some people, like, can walk and then they can't walk. Some people are in wheelchairs and he's like not making any sense. And I'm like, what the hell is this guy talking about? And I'm just like looking at my husband and I'm like, I know he's saying she has something, but I don't know what this is. And I don't understand like what he's saying. And so we, it was an hour drive from where we live. So we load her up back in the car and I'm like, what is he saying? Like, she might not walk. Like, I don't even, that's like what I got from it. She's not Mm going to walk or Mm -hmm. something. So I Google SMA. (laughs) Oh, and fuck. The, the very first thing to come up said, number one baby killer. Oh, whoa. And I was like, whoa. Like my head started spinning. What does it stand for? Spinal muscular atrophy. <clears throat> so this is not her diagnosis, just to clarify. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. We are being told she has this. This is what this guy thinks. He's 90% sure based off of no blood work, mm-hmm. no proof. Oh, Whoa, yeah. that's a bold statement. Very a bold, bold statement. statement. Man, you got to be real confident in that. Yeah. And yeah, that's why I asked him, how confident are you? And he said, I'm 90% sure or whatever. And he said, but I'll send you for blood work. So we all of a sudden are like crazy Googling this disease. And basically it's saying most kids that are diagnosed by six months won't live past their first birthday, max second birthday. And Whoa. I'm like, oh. So this is obviously just throwing your world upside down? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like just been given a death sentence. And how, daughter, how like. long until that blood work appointment? So I think we took our blood work pretty quick. Um, yeah. Within a few weeks, we did the blood work. But what happened with her is she was just like going downhill fast. So she wasn't, she stopped being able to, like she could breastfeed. So that was the only way she had would eat drink, eat, whatever, both one yeah. and the same. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and she just started like, she just couldn't do it. And so, not that you guys would understand this, but I was like super engorged and just full of milk. And mm-hmm. that was- We've, uh, we've, drank, actually, we've, we've drank breast milk. Yeah, <laughs> on, on, the the show. Show. on the show. Yeah, we that's, not, that's not a joke. Oh. I know. It, it sounded like a joke, didn't it, yeah, when it I said did, it? it did. It sounded like a joke to me when well, I said it. Well, I was it. thinking like when you were like a baby <laughs> yourself? No, 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 recently. No, we had a woman that <laughs> came on the show. how did it taste? It tasted uh, good. It tasted really good. I was super scared. I actually like, my heart rate went up noticeably before I did it. I was like, I could what? drink this shit daily. Tastes a bit like uh, like soy or almond milk. <laughs> daily, <I should>. really? <laughs> okay, I see, was, and I haven't even tasted. I was it, into so. it. It wasn't warm though. It was it was cold. So so it wasn't fresh off. I, I mean, it was fresh that day. I think. <laughs> yeah, it was that like, day. But like she she, she warmed, pumped she, she pumped right before. And she what came. was the reason? Why did she need to? Uh, we were just thirsty. We- <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. She can't. We were talking about pregnancy, but she, she, okay. um, <laughs> we were, I think with the episode was about like she donates breast milk for women who can't, um, okay. breastfeed. Cool. And it was uh, about just like, 
you know, the it was about it was about dispelling the like the notion that oh you you just get pregnant and then you're pregnant and then you have your baby and then you're done and like yeah. it was more about yeah. like the crazy shit yeah. that can go down sure. when you're pregnant sure. and like mm. you know it's not all just uh, have sex and then have a baby yeah, yeah. so uh, anyway you were yeah, you were you were engorged with <laughs> the milk <laughs> yeah she just like couldn't feed she the crying got worse not sleeping got worse. And we had brought her back to that pediatrician again because we were like, we like things are, like her breathing. She started doing like these raspy, like wheezy breathing. Holy fuck. And I'm like, is she like, is she like dying right now? Is this it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whoa. And but you still haven't got the blood work yet. So still we haven't like, got. We, so had, like, no, we had shit. done the blood work, but we don't have the results. You don't have the results, right. right. And so you're, so you're still thinking SMA. We still think SMA. We think she's dying soon. We don't know. It's like my family's West Coast. Like we don't have <clears throat> our families around. Like this is just crazy. Is this is this a – was it actually progressing like that quickly or was it you got told something yeah. and now you're starting to like – your eyes are a little wider and you're yeah. actually starting to – Confirmation bias. Tune into these exactly. things that you were like kind of a, a, avoiding. Yeah. Agreed. You, do you totally. think that that's what was happening? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think because wow. they say with SMA, like kids will develop a certain amount and then they just like digress, and that's kind of how it works. Uh, and there's okay. different types, so it could be long, like later in life mm-hmm. or really early. So I kind of figured, yeah, she was somewhat stable, but be, she never, she never really developed, so she didn't have a lot to lose. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. What's the thing? What's the Fuck. deal with? Um, I mean, again, I'm not a doctor. And I don't want to. I don't want to criticize too heavily, but like to say, knowing that SMA is such a serious, like your daughter might be dead soon. Yeah. Thing to say to somebody without the without the evidence to then back up that claim. I and this is just me, and maybe some doctors can write in and tell us if this is if this is more appropriate to say something like. You know, there's a few different things that I think that this could be. They all kind of vary in in terms of in terms of what they are, but we don't know what it is right now. So I think the best thing to do is get some blood work, get get some more evidence on the table, yeah. and then evaluate it. Then, and we can go over what <clears throat> it, instead of putting you on on like hot, like yeah, uh, you know, Amber Alert, yeah, and going. Well, my, here's the, the interesting thing about that is that like so you're you're talking about this. I have I have um, uh, PCH. Up on on Wikipedia here, and and there's like, I'm going. There's a whole classification system of like you you. We're talking about PCH two B, right? Two D. Two D. Okay. So there's there's PCH one A, PCH one B, PCH two A, two B, two C, D, E, F, G. Yeah. Right now, all of those different types, those classification types, also some of them have alternate names, right? So the very first yeah. one, PCH one A, which is not what your daughter has. No. The alternate name is SMA, spinal muscular atrophy. Oh, so it is kind of wild that the doctor's going, "Oh, it this looks like SMA." Yeah, because when it could just be, it could be PCH three or mm. PCH eight or PCH two D or whatever, yeah. and it, they seem to all have very distinctive features. Yeah, some are different, like they're you know they're they're. They're all classified under this one thing-ish, mm-hmm. but they all are also present differently. Yeah, and like genetic stuff is insane. So wild. And it changes like on the daily. Yeah. So yeah. they, 
Like even the types, like they probably didn't even have types for so many diseases years ago. And they like yeah. every, like all the time they're adding more types and more subtypes and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's, yeah. So it, so it is a little bit kind of bonkers that, that, I mean, I don't know. wrong I don't, yet in a similar way. In a similar way, but also that yeah, he yeah. even said SMA. Yeah. You know, like. Even if you said PCH and we're like, you know, there's a broad spectrum of how of how yeah. this could affect somebody, you know, ranging from very severe to, to mildly severe. Like, yeah. you know, at least there's more of a range From the people case. that we've spoken to, like even other doctors, they have said he should not have handled that the way he handled yeah, it. Sure. Yeah, sure. Um, and never, you would never tell someone they have something without some solid proof. Because right. think about it this right. way. They, right. The ripple effect of that going, okay, well, I'm going to say that it's, I'm going to say that it's 90% this like crazy, crazy serious, your daughter is might die soon thing. Yeah. And then the, the emotional and mental impact that that will have on you and your husband and you know, whoever else that might be like, like really heavily impacted by that. And then, you know, that like that could spin off into like depression and anxiety or depression disorder that like that you just, that you might never shake off even though you get the, you get the news that like, okay, she's not going to die in in six months. But like, like, that's just, when you think about the, the corner, like how that might like ripple out. Yeah. And, and affect your life and mm-hmm. other people's lives is crazy. Mm-hmm. So then when when do you, like yeah. how much longer does so, it take to get that blood work back? W- so yeah, <laughs> he we went back to him one other time. He said, I said, do, do we do something about this? Like she's seeming to get worse. Her breathing is scaring us, blah, blah, blah. And he said, take her home and love her. We were never Whoa. given the advice from him to go to the hospital and get help. Was he, what do you mean by by that? Do you mean he's going take her home and love her until she dies? Yes. Holy fuck! Holy yeah. Fuck. Like and and it was just yeah. When I look back, I'm like, it. it and I don't think it took much longer <clears throat> after that. Maybe the next week, when I my husband came home and I, from school, and I was like, I can't do this anymore. We're driving to a hospital. I don't care what this pediatrician says. Because I asked him, when we asked the pediatrician, should we go to the, I asked him, should I go to the hospital? And he said, there's nothing they can do for her. So take her home and love her. This is after the blood work? Is the blood work too? is still not back. Whoa, we do whoa. not know. <laughs> we do not know. This is crazy. This is crazy. <laughs> okay. I was pretty ready to be like, hey, maybe you just should have handled it in a slightly different way. But this is, no. going, to, this is going a few degrees too no. far. Yeah, if I had a more like mental capacity, I prob- things would have been handled a lot differently. Obviously, we were just like, we you, don't, you we were don't just, know. Yeah, Up, you're freaking down, the fuck nothing, out. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Um, and Holy we just drove, so we drove past where he would be. We drove two and a half hours to London, where the Western Children's Hospital is. And uh, we actually had a friend who was doing med school there at the time. And we called him and said like, we're coming in. And he's like, I'll meet you in the ER. And he met us there and he was with us in the waiting room. And also, and of course, like, you know, Murphy's law, we get into emerge. And once we get her out on the bed, like she's like laughing and like happy. The girl that cries 24 mm-hmm. seven is happy. And I'm right. like, we're crazy. Why are we here? What are we doing? <laughs> right, here? They're going to yeah. kick us out. Right. You know, <laughs> yeah. but she gets moved right up to like the I see you, like pediatric yeah. I see you. And then I remember talking to the nurse there and he's like, I was like, yeah, I was nervous. Like if I should have brought her in. And he's like, if you end up here, you needed to be here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. like, no okay, yeah. just checking. <laughs> I grew up with a dad who didn't believe in doctors, 
Didn't matter if like we fell out a tree. He's like, you're fine. Like <laughs> yeah. my arms sideways. You're fine. Like he, he <laughs> that refused was, to that's take my us household to, as well. <laughs> I felt the same way. And I still do. Like I don't go to doctors yeah. for myself. I went like two weeks without knowing I had a broken foot. Like couple years ago right, sure. I think it's just like a light sprain yeah I look back at pictures it's like four times the size of the I other did that. I was like I did that the once black. <laughs> I did that once the only time yeah, my an- the, only, the only time my ankle felt right was when I locked it into a hockey skate <laughs> so you <laughs> walked around in a hockey skate and, and it couldn't move nice yeah. classy it was a it was a tear how long does it take how long does it take in the the ICU for them to go we've we've nailed it down oh they never did So we, we were in, like, we were in the ICU. We got transferred to the regular floor. They told us she does, like, the neurologist that came and saw us that night, that same night we were there, we were on a waiting list to see him. So when he put through the referral for the blood work, he put through a referral for a neurologist at children, at this children's hospital. That guy came and saw us in the ICU that night. Mm. And he, we told him what we had been told. Oh, yeah, we think she has SMA. Like, you know, we're, we know she's dying, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, who told you that? Whoa. And we told him the story about the pediatrician. And he's like, that guy's he, yeah, he never, ever should have said that. And he said, I can tell you right here, just looking at her, she doesn't have SMA. Whoa. <laughs> and I'm like, that's a bad doctor. What, what is happening here? That's a bad. You know, it's funny. We, <laughs> this, this, this comes up all the time on the show where it's like, yeah, my doctor did this. And. And like, there's a lot of like anger uh, towards them, and and I find myself a lot of times going, yeah, yeah, but hold on, like people make mistakes, people make mistakes, and sure. and, and, and too, yeah. doctors aren't aren't perfect, but this this guy's a this guy's a fucko. This guy mm-hmm. this guy is not this guy. That's a bad doctor. Yeah, that's not a bad call. Right. That's not a you had a bad yeah you, you fucked up once you had a bad day. That's a that you were just bad at your job. Like this guy fucked up. Well, that happens, yeah. And 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 you know what? The guy who came in and said, "I can tell you by looking at this right now," he was probably a good doctor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is great. But you he know? said, "But he says, but he said, <laughs> I can't up. tell I without blood work. Yeah. I can't tell <laughs> yeah. without the evidence." Yeah. Yeah. Right. He's like, "I can, I can't guarantee that she's going to have a betch, much better outcome." Yeah. Then he's like, looking at her and how sick she is. I don't know. Yeah. But we'll do our best to try and figure out what she has. Yeah. That sounds reasonable. Good, right? Mm. Yeah. So we were there for a month. We had every specialist under the sun, every test under the sun. And they're like, we still don't know. How, how <laughs> hard is that like, being, being a mother, at, like for a month, just sitting there not knowing like the, what the fate of your child's like life will be? Yeah. Um, it, it was rough. It was rough. We we lived like they have Ronald McDonald house, house, which they have at a few hospitals. So we stayed in there. Um, my mom flew out. And, it's McDonald's, right? Yeah, like they just like <clears> endless just in, supply of Big Macs. Yeah, yeah, all yeah, the gotcha. time. Yeah. I got really fat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wait, wait, wait. Are you serious? They have McDonald's food there? No. <laughs> I mean, maybe. <laughs> maybe once in a while. It was never when I was there. <laughs> but they do feed got, you. They just got yeah. deep fryers. Just, yeah, yeah you're, just, you're just in the janitor's closet at the McDonald's. Somehow this on. doesn't make sense with hospital <laughs> McDonald's endless supply. Um, <laughs> so, that's why they do it. So yeah, yeah. You, I mean, yeah, I, yeah. and for people who don't know what Ronald McDonald House is, like, I, I don't know if they have it in the states or not, but just just a quick yeah, on, rundown do. on what it is right. uh, for people who don't know. Yeah, so Ronald McDonald House. There's a few hospitals. I don't know how many that have basically built a house on site of the hospital grounds, or sometimes it's like across the street or whatever that families can come stay at if their kids got like a long stay in the hospital. Mm-hmm. So and then people like. 
companies or whatever from around town might volunteer and say, hey, we're going to cook dinner tonight. Usually there's a meal prepared every single night. And it's like, say the crew from TD Bank's going to come and prepare dinner tonight. Like different work places might volunteer to do that. And you got a bed, you got a laundry machine. Like we had a little gym and a TV room, whatever, like Mm. just a place to like breathe. That's not a hospital for when Mm. you're like out of, for when you're not from, for when you're not from that place. Yeah. Like you need to live within a certain distance away. Right. Um, and because yeah, our house was like two and a half hours away, they're like, yeah, Yeah. you're not going to commute that every day. To alleviate the commuting or the potential cost of like. A hotel Being in or a hotel whatever. for however yeah. long, which yeah. would be a fortune. Which people don't consider. Yeah. Like that's a it's a that's huge. a really huge thing. Oh, and if you're off work, like I'm on mat leave, so mm-hmm. but even my husband, he was doing his um, apprenticeship kind of thing, um, and and so he had to take like he took I think three weeks off, yeah, and then for the rest of the summer he had to work like every single day, pretty much like mm-hmm. ten hour shifts, mm-hmm. just to get his hours in, yeah. and it was crazy, but. We did it. But, so yeah. how how do you guys find out that it's it's PCH2D? Yeah, yeah, I know. Like, there's so much to our story. But um, basically, because we didn't... So in that stay, they did a feeding tube. I won't get into that. They placed a, a tube so that she could get her nutrition because mm-hmm. she had lost a lot of weight. And then we said to them, if she's going to die soon like we really want to get her out to the west coast because there's mm. a lot of friends and family that haven't even like met her can we make that happen like I'm, i don't know mm. and the doctors were super supportive and they said yeah we'll get you set up with bc children's we need to have a few things set up before you go because we need to make sure she's gonna be cared for blah blah, blah. And we're like okay so we once she got out of the hospital and they like we moved four weeks later back to BC. Um, and so then now, so it's like Ontario's done all these testing. No, we can't figure out what she has. Now we're in BC. We're like, okay, we're going to start fresh with new neurologists, new, team. new yeah. team. And they start searching and they're like months and months go by. We can't figure out what she has, but we're, but we had like these, they're interested. Everyone's interested, right? Like what is this girl? She's presenting with this. We can't figure out what she has. We've sent blood down to the States. We've done all this genetic testing and nobody knows. So we just say, oh, she's undiagnosed neuromuscular disease. We kind of Mm -hmm. came up with this blanket statement for Mm -hmm. her. We don't know. We don't know if she's going to die soon. She's looking better now that she's got nutrition. We've got meds to help her sleep. Like they gave us sedatives and honestly, they saved my life. Yeah. Um, Were they giving <laughs> you the sedatives too? I, I asked. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently I needed to be alert in case something happened. Sure, I don't know. sure, sure. <laughs> but wine helped. <laughs> uh, it still does. Um, yeah. So anyways, one of our doctors at Children's, fast forward to like she's two and they wow. set us up and said, there's this, they, this doctor came to me and said, I've come from the um, NIH National Institute of Health in um, Washington, D.C. And she now it was, she was doing a time at Children's in B.C. here. And she said, I work in this program down there that's called the Undiagnosed Disease Network. And they take on people who have done extensive searching into finding out a diagnosis and no one can figure out what they have. Sounds a lot like your daughter. I don't know if I can get you in. They only take about 10% of applications, but we could try. So we got in. Wow. Which is, she was the 26th person to go to one site. Um, They have seven, they work out of seven university hospitals across the states. 
And we ended up, we were going to go to Washington, D.C., but we decided it was a bit far for her to travel and flying wasn't super safe. Um, So we decided to go to UCLA. So we went July last year, 2017. So she was just shy of three when we went down to the States. And um, we had been sending them blood work through couriers and stuff ahead of time. So they did lots of, they did basically all their research beforehand. Mm -hmm. And we got down to the States and we expected, they told us, oh, week long testing, you'll see all these specialists. And on day one, they said, we think we know what she has. Holy fuck, whoa. And I'm like, we just got off the plane. Well, we went in a day early to go to Disneyland, but (laughs) next day. (laughs) Yeah, right, had to. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and they sat us down and I like, had all these this paperwork that's like showing our genetic like sequencing and all this crazy stuff Whoa. and explaining genes and splicing and I'm like it like was, why like uh, why it all contributes yeah. from you and your husband and how that all yeah. kind of like because normally like PCH you would find it out from blood work like it would come up on the panel of diseases and it's an auto recessive disease so it means it has to come from both mom and dad but. They found the abnormality in my husband's blood work. But in mine, they were like, no, we can't see it. So she doesn't have PCH because we don't see it in her side. But what the, the doctors in the States were able to figure out was that this, I can't even explain it, but there's this splicing effect that happens in my genes that creates the same issue. So there's the same protein deficiency in my genes that acts that way, even though it doesn't come up in the blood work. Whoa, so, so you like just crazy have, rare. So I, yeah, yeah I guess like, I'm rare. They said they'll probably never see it again. Yeah, like what? you're the rarity. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Wow. That's yeah. incredible. Like could be wow. one in seven billion. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. that's really crazy. That's do you crazy. do you think they do they now? Add like when they figure something out like that. Do you think that they add that to like the thing that they're looking for? You know, like they. Oh, I see what you're saying. For yeah. like other people, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it would take like I don't think it's a normal thing to look for. Like you got to right. look. It's deep. so unnatural that you know it's what? like they will. Va- so they probably right? will there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And yeah. maybe like some 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 of like the people that they work closest with will also be involved in that. But it yeah. m- I wouldn't imagine it would be like widespread. But it makes sense that it would be. Dude, yeah. how smart are people? people Dude, are really smart. fucking people are smart. smart. And there's a lot of really dumb people too. There, <laughs> yeah. Dude, there are so that's how I many felt when people. I was talking to them. Like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I can't even talk to you guys. Like if you've ever gone <laughs> yeah. into, um, if you ever kind of like read um, Rockwell like automations, anti, like anti <laughs> anti vaxxer comment threads, <laughs> you really kind of dive into uh, to, into some territory there. Sick Boy Podcast. We'll be right back after this word from our sponsors. Are you tired of hearing the same old wellness advice? It's time to dig deeper and listen to America Dissected from Crooked Media, the podcast that's cutting into the science, culture, and policy that shapes our health. From doctors fighting for their rights to the surprising truths about sunscreen, America Dissected dives deep into the state of health. Tune in every Tuesday for new episodes of America Dissected, available on all major podcast platforms. So when you get the diagnosis then, yeah. how, I mean, it sucks, yeah. but how much of a re- relief was it in f- yeah. f- figuring it out? Like, it's like, this has been the longest, like yeah. a lifelong mystery. It yeah. feels, it, it must have felt years, like, you know, but like, but life. for you, yes. it just must have felt like for fucking ever. Yeah, it did. And then you finally get this. Is is there relief or is it yeah. like is it now a new sense of panic? Yeah, it was it was 
anticlimactic. I thought I was going to feel more of a sense of relief, but I don't know. I think there was like, I had like a a shred and I say a shred. I had a shred of hope that maybe she would get diagnosed with something that it was like, we could do something about it. Mm, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like this will get better. But I kind of, I kept my guard up. <clears throat> like I'm like, probably not, but maybe there's something that mm. can happen. And then, so it was kind of like, but PCH2D okay, doesn't, doesn't have nothing. a cure. There's nothing. No. And interestingly enough, there has come a drug for children with SMA that helps oh, prevent wow. okay. the progression of SMA. Okay. So that, in wow. that time period where, yeah. and I'm like, it's interesting enough, not that she ever actually had that, but yeah. we thought she did. And uh, at the time we thought she had, there was no cure. And then they actually were in that yeah. meantime came up with something so to like, help. So well, that's got to be good. Fear. That's got to be good news for the PC, it, PCH. It yeah. is. And we talked Community. about that in the yeah. States with the doctors. And um, they said, the fact that this exists is show is hope for rare genetic diseases. The yeah. issue is because Layla's never going to come along again. There's no one else like her, and there never is going to be. No drug company in the world will ever fund uh, us to do yeah. something. They're like not. They're not it. pushing for that one. Fuck. Yeah. So because SMA is very common, is a common rare genetic disease. Yeah. That's why they're able to get funding. Right. Even though they still struggle to get funding, but they can get some. Which so, is interesting you know, in, in the, on the on the flip side for CF because uh, the you know it's not a cure, but it's a quasi cure for um, it 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 stunts the it stunts the progression. It's of, a, yeah, it's a huge. CF. But a, for a but for a but for a more rare form of CF, there are you well yeah, but <clears throat> that might have been like through just a like <clears throat> mistake that they were like oh my god it works for this mutation right so then they started like. Booking it to figure out how do we do this for like Delta F five o four or whatever the I should fucking know this since I have it. But, <laughs> but in the same is, way, but in the same way, that's like a good that's a good, a good sign. Thing. Yeah, for it's a good all sign. Yeah, mutations of yeah. CF. See, but I'm right. I'm I'm fortunate because I have the most common genetic disease and also the most common genetic mutation of that most common genetic disease. Right. Okay. So like I'm if anyone's gonna get a cure, like, I, I'm in, yeah. I'm one of the first in line. To right. to to have it probably mm-hmm. if it ever comes up. Well, uh, a question about the because you you mentioned something obviously that that I can understand your fact that the fact that 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 hope was taken that sliver of of hope was taken away with mm-hmm. that diagnosis. But um, I'm I'm curious to know if there was like this sliver of of or maybe even a bigger piece that was worry that. Mm-hmm. This degenerative, potentially degenerative condition could, you know, take your daughter's life sooner rather than later. And did that go away with the diagnosis? Like, is there now hope that she can live a, a longer life, or is there a, yeah. a life expectancy with yeah PCH um, type two D? So basically, with PCH, it's all symptom management. So as things come up, because it's the brain communicating with everything, it's like, okay, as the brain stops telling this to happen, then we deal with that. As the brain stops telling the mouth to eat, which happened to Layla, then, okay, now we put a feeding tube in her, done. Okay, as the brain starts having issues with reflux, well, we changed her feeding tube. Like, there's just things Mm -hmm. that you, you deal with that. But we were told that from, basically from my research of this type, I haven't, there's not a lot of them, even though Layla's, the way the genes are is a bit different, but even other kids with PCHD, and I've met one um, little girl, and 
basically of the research that we have done, me and this other mom, we've come up with it's like four is kind of the limit. So it would be... In terms of age. Age, yeah. Wow. So it would be... I don't... There's no way like she would make it to double digits, like to 10 or whatever. Just period. That's yeah. just a not a thing. Not that's been recorded. But for P- PCHD. Of the her, of her type. There's other types like PCH2, not with a D. Yeah. Um, there is some kids that are like, have made it to teens and 20s. Um, yeah. For and, sure. And what's the reason? What is the reason just that... There's just so many complications that arise from the lack of well, development. It's progressive. So the the cerebellum is atrophying. So right. as it gets worse, mm-hmm. then right. it's like right. eventually breathing's not happening. It's just it's not know? that it's just not working, it's that it's getting worse and yeah. worse. Okay, right, right, right. And yeah. so your daughter is four now? Yeah. Just turned four in August. And how how is she right now? So yeah. We had we had basically from two Two to three-ish, or two and a half to three, once we kind of got some stuff set up with meds and her food and all that, she had a good year. She did really well, and she was happy. Um, And actually, back in the spring in February, we spoke. My husband and I were asked to talk um, for the gala for the Canuck Place um, Children's Hospice, which is here in Vancouver as well as in Abbotsford. And because we used their program... Um, we spoke for, um, I think it was like 500 people or something and they, um, that happened on a Saturday in February and we had said even at, in that speak, like, oh, we have had a really good 10 months. She had had a really bad seizure one off at two and a half and it was really bad, but she recovered and she was good and we had 10 months great. And we spoke at this gala on the Saturday and then on early Monday morning, she went into this seizure that we couldn't control and um, we had to call 911 and get her into the hospital. And basically since then, it's been like very rough. Um, seizures have kind of like controlled her life. So it's just like we, she has seizures every day now, which oh, she didn't yeah. have before. Mm-hmm. And she's gotten to a place where like when she's upright, she just can't manage her secretions. So she just like gags on them. So we're kind of... It's gotten, it's definitely gone downhill. So I can only, I can only assume that it's going to kind of continue in that direction. I can't really see it going back in a positive direction. Is she receiving hospice care? Like, are you in a hospice program right now? Yeah. So the the way that like children's hospice is quite a bit different than like adult hospice. Right. Right. Like an adult hospice, like you're not doing any preventative things, right? No. And yeah. you're kind of given, you know, the six month timeline, et cetera. But with cannot place they um they do respite as well so we get 20 nights a year that she can go stay there and just for respite so we can get a break and she'll spend the night and they've got doctors and nurses there um but yet they are very much involved in end of life obviously as well Mm -hmm. so we discuss those things even if they're always not necessarily imminent so you're you're you have a life-limiting diagnosis to be a part of the program but not necessarily palliative like six months to live yeah. some of the kids can, can even go. go through the whole program sure. like they've had kids graduate out of it yeah yeah How, and at this point like you obviously when you first gave birth you were on maternity leave but then after a certain amount of time you like you're obviously your attention is required to be at home and you can't like take that time off work and stuff and like how has yeah. the last four years like 
impacted you and like what you do for work and like your your goals in your career and trying to like figure out I guess how you're going to um be able to like give the your child the care that you need to but also you know knowing that this is something that will probably take your child's life um also live a life that's for you as at the same time yeah and that's kind of a very tough question cuz it's you know how do you how do you live a life knowing it's you know you want to be kind of positive but at the same time being realistic mm-hmm. trying to find that balance um is tough like i so i did my one year maternity leave from the airlines and then they offered me an extra 6 months unpaid and i was like yeah okay let's take that and then it was just like no this is not happening i had no support at the time now i have nursing at home um and i have nurses that come in my house like most days um which is helpful but yeah like i i you know my career goals and my education goals have had to be put on the back burner mm-hmm. right now mm-hmm. i i think it and um i think about it in the way that like jer for example like um when we talked to uh, your wife, like we we talked about, like you know, statistically, she's going to be around for a lot longer than Jeremy's going to be around mm-hmm. for. So, like, how do you prepare for life beyond that while still being present in, in yeah. you know, in, in in this situation too? And like, I just imagine that being like one of the hardest things to manage about this entire process. Yeah. I think I think it is. It mm-hmm. really is because it's like you have this kind of tug of war of like. I love my daughter with everything, but it is so hard to see her when she's in pain Mm -hmm. and so hard to make like these decisions. Like, you know, when we talk about DNRs and we talk about like how much we're willing to intervene with her, like that's tough stuff to talk about. DNR, do not resuscitate. resuscitate, Is there, is there, is there, um, Discussion or, or I do, wouldn't even know how this works with a with a child, but like um, like maid, like me- medical assistance and dying is that is that a thing? Um, no, not for children. I don't not believe. for children. No, because right. you have to be able personal. to. Think. You're the person that has to get yeah. the consent. consent. But things like okay, <clears throat> as far as like when in an emergency situation, what? How, how many, far do you yeah, take? Yeah, yeah sure, we can make sure. those calls. Right. Um, what is yeah. um, what has been the process to try to because I, I I mean just thinking about it I can't imagine it's it sounds hard to me that you can you know completely wrap your head around it and 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 understand it and but what has been the process with you and your husband of of trying to come to a, an understanding that that your daughter will 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 die I, yeah I I like it, it's breaking me even asking you that question. Yeah. But. Yeah, we like we've gone through our phases um, of like being on the same page and being on different pages and all that. But we, at this point, we're like we're in a really good space in the sense that like, yeah, we can crack jokes about things and kind of live like we are just living our life. Um and doing whatever we can to keep like comfort care is our priority for her yeah. um that we've said is the most important um but 
yeah, we just like, I think we're just really open and honest with each other. And we just mm-hmm. talk about absolutely everything. And we talk about dark stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like we talk about her funeral and what it might be like mm-hmm. and what we do. And we, we're sensitive to like who we're around and who might be open to having conversations. And a lot of people do not want to talk about stuff yeah, that we are yeah, dealing yeah. with because, and yeah. I get it. Like, of course yeah. you, especially if you have kids and it's putting you in that, like yeah. thinking about your kid, like yeah. we've had a lot of friends that have backed off from being around us. Like, I think it's hard just because it's hard, hard to watch. Right. Yeah. And because it's a genetic disease, like we had to go through all, Oh look, recurrence factor. Like if, you, we, like if you had another child. That's yeah. a, that's another yeah. question that I was interested in because like also, I mean, even if you wanted to have another child right now, I imagine that like timing and, and like trying to, yeah. you know, manage this situation is also yeah. challenging. Like, is there talk about yeah, like another we, child? We, um, well, yeah, right now it's like we couldn't even imagine having to care for right. as someone else, but we, yeah. we know like it's one in four chance that we would have another child. Oh, really? With the same thing. Can you have, can you, can you conceive and then, and, and test yes. while you're. Yeah. Now that we know, when we didn't know, um, what her diagnosis was, we saw, well, we can't even test cause we don't know what she has. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But right. knowing. Now we know, but we had actually already made the decision at that point before we even figured out what her diagnosis was that we were like, we felt like we just couldn't make that call. I was like, I can't, like, I can't play God and play with embryos. Like I was just seemed to me, it just seemed like too much. Mm-hmm. And so we just said like, I can't take that risk. And I can't like, just hope that everything's going to be good and, 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 and make that decision of, do we keep, do we terminate like all that yeah. stuff? So we, we said, no, like we're not going to have any more natural kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so we moved on from that. We actually, we intend on eventually adopting. Mm-hmm. Um, we had kind of said even like before we had our first daughter, like let's have, you know, maybe two or three kids and then let's adopt. Like it was kind of something we had both said, like that would be awesome to help a kid out like yeah. ev- eventually, but let's have a few of our own first. So we just kind of, yeah, kind of skip a few steps. What's um, yeah. what, like, I, I, that sounds really healthy that the conversations that you're having that you and your husband are having. Um, and, uh, and I can see how this, uh, I can see how both, both caring for some, for, for a child who has tons of complications, um, you know, whether they have a, whether they have a shortened life expectancy or not, but then adding that on top of it that they do, yeah. I can see how that would, that, that can really, that could, that could destroy a relationship totally. that could destroy it. It's, yeah. do you feel like it's, do you feel like it's, it's brought you guys that's made yeah. that it's strengthened, or we, I'm sure there's been tra- I'm, I'm sure there's been trouble, yeah. but yeah. what what has it done to the relationship overall? Is it yeah? Po- so yeah, I would say positive overall. I think one of the one <clears throat> of the big changes for now is that the fact that we have a lot of support. So through the children's hospice, through having home nursing, that made us like breathe again. Yeah. We can get breaks. We could do date nights when we were doing it all on our own from basically after birth until three or two and a half. Um, it was like, how the, like, we, this is not going to work post. But we both also know that we, we neither of us can do this on our own. Mm-hmm. And so there was this kind of like, we have to be together because neither of us could have the heart to make the other person do it on their own. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, 
and I don't know what will I like. I think that's the thing is right now things are okay because we and we are you know we my husband plays on a soccer team. I go to the gym regularly. Like we do things to make sure that we both are getting some like reprieve and yeah. like some I'll normal, go away for a girls' weekend, whatever. Right? Like yeah, we have to, <clears> but. Like when she actually passes, like that's a whole nother story. And yeah. I like we're very open and honest about that and talk about like we might be on very different pages when this happens. Yeah. That's and, also very healthy to, right? to like, have that conversation. I told him, I was like, I'm going to Mexico and I'm just going to peace out for a few weeks by myself, just so you know. Mm-hmm. And he, he like, he's like, what if I want to come with you? <laughs> Meet like, me well, after. I'll yeah. think about it and let you know. Yeah. So like, I, no, I don't well, know. Yeah. I just, it's that, good that you know that. You know, I know that, it. Yeah. Because like it's, it is very common. Yeah. It's very common in it, the death of a child is one of those things that oftentimes, not oftentimes, but, but, but you hear about it where it, it's the it's the thing that ends a relationship. Yeah. And so like to to go into this scenario that you're in and and not have a discussion about that, not wanting to like broach that or like even acknowledge that that's the case. That is, almost solidifies it. Yeah. And I like to have, to be able to have the the dialogue that this is an a, a possibility between the two of you. There's something very uh, very like admirable and and wise in yeah. that I think you know in terms of like a, a relationship. It, it's almost it says like a lot about the two of you. It's almost like though it's not the, <clears throat> an event that ends in a relationship. It's a lack of communication that that does because if you're able to talk through things yeah. and like, leading up to it and 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 after it, I mean, <clears throat> obviously events can cause a lot of stress. But yeah. if you're able to actually have that conversation, then then at least. You're able to manage that experience mm. a little bit better as a mm. as a couple. Yeah, yeah, at least it's a variable and not yeah. a like my husband. A, right. He's always like, he knows. He's like, I know that you've been you've been with her all day. You, you know, you've been out in Vancouver at appointments. You like, he's very sensitive to that, and will be like, Do you need a like break? Do you want to go for go get a coffee? Like, mm-hmm. do you like he's he's <clears throat> amazing, mm-hmm. and I think that in these situations, like there are like not to put everything on the guy and it can happen in both ways, but often the person who take, like if one person takes on the sole responsibility of caretaking, then they're just going to burn out and they will get like bitterness against the other person and all that. Mm -hmm. Whereas like, yeah, my husband has to be the one to work. Yes. He can make more money than I can working. So it makes sense. But him being sensitive of the fact that like, hey, I can't do 24-7 every day. Mm -hmm. So if I'm getting up in the night and he knows I've gotten up twice, he'll be like, lay back down. I'm going. Like he doesn't ever like push that like your mom, it's your job. Like he's right in there and I think that is a huge part because if he stood back and and Absolutely. like I could see that bitterness growing in me and being mm-hmm. like resenting him yeah. like mm-hmm. I've done this all on my own where have you been kind of yeah. thing, right? Yeah. So I think that will that will save us, like it will help like and and through like the other thing is that children's hospice cannot place like we get counseling, free counseling through them and stuff. And so we actually are quite close with um, the counselors through there. We've met other families through there. And that's huge too because all of a sudden you're like, hey, yeah, your kid might have a totally different disease than mine does, but we get it. Like we kind of mm-hmm. get what they've gone through We when they get what we're going through. And that like is huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, Katie, what would you say is the biggest thing that you've, this whole experience, what would you say is the biggest thing that it's taken away from you? Yeah. I I think it's <clears throat> it's 
it's funny because I think I still come across as a positive person, but my husband would say I'm like the most negative person. And just when it comes to myself, because I'm like, Ooh. I'm like, we have had like, we've had shit luck since we've been together. We've just had like trauma after trauma. And I'm like, it's like the universe is telling us not to be together. <laughs> but I would just say that it's taken away like that, that part of me where I, I, kept, I, I really did used to believe that like, you believe something and it'll happen like positivity, like kind of, I had that attitude. Mm-hmm. And I think that I've kind of changed in just that, like, no, life is actually really shitty for a lot of people and it's not fair. And some people have things go right, like all the time. And other people have things just like go wrong all the time. Mm-hmm. Not to say that like, <clears throat> you're a good person doesn't mean good things will happen to you. And like, not that that makes me like bitter, angry, I still find positivity within my life, of course. But I don't know. I think it just has brought this realism into me that like I actually, I guess I I say it's taken away that from me, but it's actually kind of a positive thing because I think that makes me a lot easier to relate to to people Mm. that are going through other stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Well, the next question is going to be, what would you say that it's given you? Right? So Mm -hmm. I guess one and of the same. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah, like you it, know, and it, it's I, I. It's not uncommon for it to be for 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 the thing that is taken away from you to be also the thing. Like we hear it, it gives, we it, hear it, gives it, it gives and takes, and it's yeah. a, and it's the two sides of the same coin. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, because mm-hmm. there is something very uh, there is something very rewarding about being realistic yeah. about a lot of the 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 realities of life. You know? Yeah. My my counselor that I see, she always says to me, like, because I'm like, how am I supposed to be making these decisions? They're asking me to make these decisions that I am not qualified for. Why is this doctor not telling me what to do? Like, I'll complain this to her or whatever. And she's like, you make the decisions based off of what you know today at this time. That doesn't make them a bad decision when it doesn't turn out the way that you want it to. Mm. Right. So like... My daughter's going to have surgery in four weeks. She's got her hip is fully dislocated and we think it's causing her a lot of pain. Mm. If I knew that she was only going to live four more weeks, would I put her through the surgery? No. But I'm making that decision saying, I think that the pain outweighs it, but she's like, there's no way of knowing right. that. So if you can relate that obviously to other things in your life too, because like I'm really bad for being like, I ordered the chicken and I should have gotten the fish. What <laughs> yeah. was wrong with yeah, me? Right, and right. I'm like talking about it yeah. hours later and my husband's like, it's too late. You ate it. <laughs> we don't I should have got it. The time yeah. machine does not exist. <laughs> Doesn't that suck though? <laughs> right? It does though. It does. <laughs> when you order something, especially when somebody else orders the other thing that you were going to get and you're like, fuck. Yeah. That's why you get it. That's why you get it. Only down with the people that are down to share. I've never <laughs> had that yeah. thought in my entire life. I've yeah. had it a couple times where I went, ah, shit, I should have, I should have ordered the other thing. Or like yeah. you see, it's uh, very visual for me. It's like I'll order the burger and then I'll see the pasta walk by and I'll go, ah, oh, yeah. that motherfucker. It looks yeah. like that, yeah, man. If I knew it looked like that, yeah. I would have ordered it. Yeah. yeah, Same way. That's why the only way to order at a restaurant is w- do a lap, do a lap, look at everybody's table. That's right. See what they've got. Yeah. And then and, you make your decision that way. And I think this is the this Super is the normal. key thing that the biggest takeaway for this conversation today is just 
look at as much of the food as you can when you're in the restaurant. That is, I think, if we took anything away if from today, can, if you can do it's, that, yeah, it's that. Sense. You know, if you can do that, yeah. then you're then good. you're good. <laughs> you know, what? Yeah. Though in a, in a way, in a way, in a way, it's about you know get as much information as you possibly can before you make a decision. That's and right. you know what? If there's limited information, then there's limited information. Yeah. Well, you need and to set like a timer or something because <laughs> that's that's me as well. Yeah. I need like five minutes max. Yeah. And then yeah. you got to make a decision at Just that moment. That's it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think there's more valuable takeaways <laughs> than that, but maybe. Well, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Katie, thank you so much for taking the time to come in here and and uh, talk to us about this experience that you've gone through. Thank you, guys. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Yeah. And thank you all so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we'll be back next week with another fantastic episode, as we always are. And in the meantime, head on over to Apple Podcasts, hit the subscribe button, leave a rating and a review. Uh, it helps stay on the Apple iTunes podcast charts, which is like kind of important for us to be seen and heard by people so they can hear stories like this and learn about how important it is to make the right decisions at restaurants. Yeah. Uh, and you can also contribute to uh, our Patreon page and you can do that at patreon.com slash I mean, we're here in Vancouver because of all of the people that plays a huge have, role. Yeah. Um, they're above the line and they're in my heart. Okay. And all, right. it's I, all the people that are that are it's really uncomfortable above the line and in my heart. I think we should just have helped us come to Vancouver. I honestly, and it's I, all the people that are outside of that that make it just a little bit more challenging. I, I, whoa, 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 whoa! To, Listen to do it. Everyone who listens to the show, Taylor, you're 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 but, really. But I mean, like. Send your I mean, hate mail you to in, Taylor you at sickboypodcast.com. That's Taylor yeah. at sickboypodcast.com. You can send your hate mail there. Come into my heart. Yeah, no. I, you know I also, your, your heart is black. You know, Patreon.com says sickboy. It's in my heart. I think that's what Taylor was um, saying in his sleep last night when he was sleep talking. He was saying, the people that I love the most are patrons. And like, do you hear all that stuff? Um, it was, it's weird. Yeah, it was yeah, really weird. weird. But anyway. I don't think that consciously during the day. No, I, yeah. Yeah, we get it. <laughs> okay. So, but anyway, um, uh, big thanks to uh, Larry, Larry Gifford um, from the uh, When Life Gives You Parkinson's. Um, podcast. Make shaky lemonade with it. Uh, podcast. <laughs> That's the That's, title that I think it should be. Right. Yeah. I don't think Larry appreciates that title. <laughs> well, um, Larry talks all about his Parkinson's, and he has a really great sense of humor. And you can hear more um, about that if you go to his podcast. When life gives you Parkinson's, you can check it out after you finish uh, catching up on the entire Sick Boy catalog. And uh, and big thanks to Donovan, the CPAP Morgan. For the sound design on the show, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Donovan is very amazing. You can you can catch him on Instagram at Spoonfed, and the and the O's are actually zeros because he's cool. Yep. Um, and yeah, and that's pretty much all I got, guys. Well, that is it for this week. I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Katie. And this is Sick Boy. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.